0: well
1: hello and welcome to episode 56 of three-point podcast this is the podcast that has a special look at the michigan pro college and high school sports scene also the big national stories pop culture and current events from three different generations i'm the old baby boomer ted Fatale of sportsnet michigan and z92.5 radio from ESPN in Charlotte, North Carolina is our Gen Xer and social media expert, Matt Burns. Our Millennial Viewpoints will be coming again from Jared Fattel of Grand Valley State University and Fox 17 in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And we'll also be joined tonight by the greatest generations, Jack Strap himself. Our special pod partners include Rivals Tap House and Grill, Corona Public Schools, and the Corona Connection. And make sure you let them know you appreciate their participation with 3 Point Podcast. Subscribe, give us a rating on Apple iTunes. You can also find us on SoundCloud or TuneIn. And give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at 3 Pod. But let's start with the NFL Final Four. And Matt, I want to start with you on some of your recent posts. You really think the non-call defensive pass interference, helmet-to-helmet play in the Saints-Rams game has been overstated and on par with play calling, etc.? I think
2: it has been blown out of proportion so much that, obviously, if you've seen me on Twitter the last day or so, or the last half day, whenever, uh, it, it like it, it really gets me irked that I see people, so many people saying that the refs blew this game for the Saints, that the Saints were robbed. I even saw that a sports book in New Jersey is starting to give back bets because they're saying that the, the Saints, the people who bet on the Saints, they're giving their money back because the Saints were robbed. It's, it's one of those things in sports that I think is the most tired take to, to make that the refs lost the game for the Saints. Now, I know if, if you know, that this day and age, everyone goes back on Twitter or whatever and you, you find things that people said years ago. I'm sure as a fan I've thrown stuff out that the refs blew the game, especially for, like, Michigan football or something like that. But I always, like, cooler heads always prevail. I think it is the most tired take to, to make that the refs blew the game. The Saints had chances to win. The Saints were up 13-0 and blew that lead. The refs didn't do that. The The Saints had chances on that drive to still go win, score, and, you know, take the lead and stop the Rams from scoring the next way down. And Drew Brees threw a pick in overtime. The refs didn't do that. So the Saints had every chance they wanted to win the game, and no one's talking about Sean Payton's awful play calling. No one's talking about Drew Brees throwing that pick in overtime. It's all about the refs and that blown call. Now, it was an awful call. I mean, he – ridiculously awful missed call. That didn't lose the game for the Saints. The Saints lost the game.
1: Wow. I couldn't disagree more. Now, I, I, I do agree with one thing you said. There was plenty of opportunities for the Saints, but uh, and, and I'm not the kind of guy that's also going to go on a rampage and say the refs cost us, but in this particular case, how can you possibly say that that no call did not cost the Saints the win, or at least the winning kick opportunity with just a couple seconds on the clock. I mean, how was that possible when you saw that play? Two different. My biggest, my bro-
2: biggest thing when, when it comes to those, and it, it honestly like bothers me clearly, you can tell, is that people act like sports that there are absolutes in sports. People always say, like, oh, if they would have made that extra point, they would have won that game. You know, like if a team misses an extra point and loses by one or something like that. If they would have made the extra point, who knows? You have no idea how the game is going to go. People act like if that call would have been made, they would have had time to, like, kneel the ball a couple times and then kick a field goal for the win. Boom, it's automatic. It's going to happen. Who knows if there's not a botched snap and or there's a blocked field goal and it gets taken back by the Rams? Who knows if new orleans kicker doesn't just shank it and miss the kick like people act like there are absolutes in sports and you have no idea how things are going to go this coming from a michigan fan who saw in 2015 against michigan state michigan state had a 0.2 chance to win that game when blake O'Neill was trying to get a punt off and we all know how that game went so there are no absolutes in sports so i it it honestly gets me going when i see people say like if the ref would have just made that call. The Saints would have won. You have no idea how that game would have played out.
3: I, I love that take, Ted. Let, let's make Matt the monkey in the middle here because I'm 100% on board with you. That It's so hard to win an NFL game, Matt, that when you miss a call like that, and they would have been, and when you start backing your argument on that there's no absolutes, I get that. But when you're saying that the only reason they wouldn't have won is if a fumbled snap or a missed field goal which from like the 20 yard line just isn't going to happen in the nfl that's when you lose me if you like so many things have to go right in an nfl game for you to win it. that's all we hear all the time is how hard it is to win an nfl game like every coach says that that it's kind of a like cliche but it's true and especially when it's the game to go to the super bowl and afc or nfc championship can't think of it off the top of it, nfc you need like a play like that to go your way and when you already are going against the Los Angeles Rams who have, like, Namakung Su and Aaron Donald on their defense, and they're just absolutely star-studded and Sean McVay, and you basically have to play a perfect game in order to win. When you get screwed like that, that's all we should be talking about. I I don't care, like, whether or not they had other opportunities in the game. The refs screwed them. The refs have a job just like the players have a job on the field, and they didn't do
1: it. Yeah, and you know the other thing I want to just add to this is, um, you know, the point of the game that it happened – and as blatant a no-call that was, I mean, I still can't believe that somebody, one of the other refs, at least didn't help the side judge out and have a better look at that. I mean, I know it's really fast action. It's a lot easier to make it when you're looking at it in slow motion, but that was so blatantly pass interference and helmet-to-helmet, helmet, it just boggles my mind that nobody got it right.
2: No, oh, it was, like I said, it, it was an incredibly awful missed call. I'm not not taking that away at all. It was, it was a missed call, and that's... The other thing is the helmet-to-helmet, I think, was almost worse than, like, the actual pass interference. Right. That was, like, the textbook helmet-to-helmet hit that they're, like, enforcing this year or whatever. So, if anything, there should have at least been that helmet-to-helmet call. Because, like, the the view you keep seeing, you know, on wherever you're seeing it, is that, you know, the the back end zone, the the sideline view where the ball is coming at you, and it looks like as the dude lays out the wide receiver, the ball is, like, it's, way, it's not even there yet is what that view looks like. But if you look at some other views, it's actually like a bang-bang play. Like when he's hitting him, the ball is getting right to the receiver. It's still pass interference. But it's not like it's that obvious of a call that, you know, I don't know where the ref was. Maybe he had a bad angle or something like that. He was but closer to the down. goal
1: line on the sideline from the view I saw.
2: Yeah, yeah, I mean, he definitely missed it. The helmet-to-helmet, though, is the one to me that, like, how didn't you see at least the helmet-to-helmet?
1: Right. Did you
3: guys see that the like league office called Sean Payton like afterward and said that they should have thrown a flag on like Roby Coleman? Like, what is the point of that call? That would piss me off more than anything in the entire world if I was Sean Payton.
1: Which yeah, ca- we got this Sean, wrong. Sean Payton called them. Oh, did he?
2: Yeah, Sean Sean Payton. That was that they said the first thing he did. He walked to the locker room and called the league. Wow. So to to your point, it's there's there's still it's the same thing in in uh 2013 or 2014 the Lions Cowboys game with that that missed pass interference the picked right. up flag. You know, afterwards, the the league came out and admitted that, that was they they messed that call up. It should have been pass interference. It's kind of just like, okay, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. It, what, what's the point?
1: Well, at least they're fessing up. I mean, you know, they're not trying to they're not trying to cover it up. That well make excuses and that type of thing. I mean, I give them credit for at least being a man and saying, yeah, you know what, we blew that one. There's no there's nothing we can do about it, but we blew it.
2: Yeah, I will say
3: this, I. I wanted the Saints to win really badly, but I think that the better team did win, in, like, in the Los Angeles Rams, because the Saints literally had everything going for them that game. Like, that was that crowd was so loud, and just, like, it basically disrupted the Rams, like, the entire first quarter, where they were down 13-0. Like, Jared Goff literally could not hear. They had to tape his, like, helmet holes so that he could actually, like, even hear the plays.
1: That's the loudest like, crowd I've when ever you have heard.
3: you that much of it. And you have, like, the whistle guy, and you have that much of an advantage, and you still need, like, one right call to go your way in order to win. Like, I can see that side of it where I really do think that the better team won.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, we're talking NFL uh, championship weekend, and, guys, I think we all three agree. I mean, I've seen a lot of NFL Final Fours. Obviously, this was the top all the way across the board. I mean, it had everything. Intrigue, you know, overtime games and back-to-back contests, contests. debatable calls i mean this was this was the nfl at its finest as far as the television product they put out there for about eight hours don't you agree
2: yeah it was incredible and i mean like you said it it was the first time both championship games went to overtime so there's obviously that but you know i was where we started we've talked about netflix shows before we don't have to get into all this but my wife and i got into a show you on netflix and we were supposed to my, my wife was waiting for the game to get over to watch a couple of shows, and I was like, I can't step away from this Patriots game. Like, I'm, sorry, I, I'm not going to step away from this and watch watch a Netflix show. So, no yeah, way. it was it was a great day of, of football.
1: Now, you know, we talked about, I, I think we got on the table, our views on the, the no-call on the defensive pass interference, but this game also had some weird plays in it. I mean, how about Edelman's muff, no muff? I mean, after you guys watched that review... What, what did you determine was the proper call? I
3: don't think he touched it because just, like, he, the way he, like, right, as soon as the ball went past him, like, he didn't even make an effort for it. Right. Like, I feel like your instincts take over. Like, if you actually touch that ball, some part of you is going to turn and try to recover it. And he didn't do that at all. And if he was able to, like, control his, like, mind that much, then I th- even when he did, t- if he did touch it, then I like, you got to tip your cap and just say, if you can control your body that much to not have any sort of reaction after you almost just screwed your team in the biggest game of the year, then, like, hats off to you is pretty much what I'm saying.
2: Yeah. <laughs> how, how crazy is it that, I mean, we are we remember watching Rasheed Wallace with the Pistons, you know, he used to always yell out, ball don't lie, <laughs> and he'd get called for a foul and a dude would get, miss the first free throw, you know, ball don't lie. How crazy is it, though, that like two plays later, Edelman, ball off his, off his hands and, interception up. for the Chiefs. That was just it was crazy that it played out that way.
1: Yeah, it was kind of the words out of my mouth, not Rashid Wallace, but I said to my wife, there's karma right there. Right. You know, it came back to get him. I, I'll tell you what though, I don't know if I've ever seen a play so close, so tough to really determine if it was uh, overturnable or not. That's what that's what really boggled my mind. I agree with what you're say, saying, Jared, that the way Edelman acted after it went by him, it it looked like maybe it didn't touch him. But boy, those replays were so close.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's tough, like, you know, the whole thing, they always say the indisputable evidence has to be there to to overturn it. And then, of course, immediately after they overturn it, the whole narrative turns into, of course, because it's the Patriots and the league wants the Patriots to win. I honestly just think it didn't touch him. I mean, I I don't know, like, it, it was, I mean, I don't millimeters or maybe even less than a millimeter, you know, away from touching his finger. but It didn't look like it touched it. And, like, it's crazy to think that. Remember the catch he had in the Super Bowl against the Falcons that, like, tipped and he dove and barely caught it off the turf? So it's crazy that he's been involved in two really big plays like that.
1: Yeah, and I know, I know we've talked about it before. Jared's usually pretty big on it about uh, the Edelman type of player. But you know what? He's, he's one of the he's one of the best wide receivers in the NFL flat out period when you watch them go down the stretch with Brady leading them down the field and some of those clutch catches by Edelman and uh, Gronkowski I mean man don't you just have to look at that Patriot team and that franchise and just go son of a bitch these guys are phenomenal
2: I, I, Edelman's legit he's really good and obviously Gronk he's a little banged up I guess we still like Maybe the best tight end in the league, or at least one of them. He came tights. up big
1: in the game yesterday. But for
2: the, for the most part, they do it with kind of like, not like no-name guys, but, you know, not like superstars. You know, like, I mean, Chris Hogan is their number two wide receiver. I mean, like, it, it's pretty crazy. And, like, the thing I think, too, I was thinking, Sony Michelle was going off yesterday. I think he ended yeah. up with, like, 121 yards rushing or something like that. And down the stretch in the fourth quarter in overtime – who do they have as running back, Rex Burkhead? Like, I mean, and he had a good game, and it's just crazy to think that, like, they get these guys, they just, you know, it's kind of like the next man up mentality, and it's, it's impressive. I don't know why, I mean, people hate, you hate them because you ain't them. I guess it's the same that people, you know, say all the time, because I don't know why people hate on the Patriots so much, because it's impressive to see what they do.
1: Well a lot of people lo- a lot of people love underdogs and the Patriots certainly wouldn't be classified as an underdog but as far as probably the greatest NFL franchise I mean you pretty much got to say that the last 15 years the Tom Brady era and uh, and Belichick I mean what other franchise could even possibly compare to that you know you got the Steelers with four Super Bowls you got uh, the 49ers with four Super Bowls you got the Cowboys with three but that doesn't compare to what the Patriots have done no, not
3: at all. Something I want to th- like kind of throw out there for you guys. Like obviously the Patriots are just one of the best, probably the best franchise like in the entire world like regardless of sport, I would say. But something that just kind of pissed me off and like rubbed me the wrong way. Like the whole weekend was awesome uh football-wise, but I mean there's two things that just bothered me that I felt kind of like cheated almost. For the first one was what we already talked about, which was the um the missed pass interference and had to, and helmet-to-helmet call in the Saints games. And then in the Patriots game, just the fact, like, I hate the NFL overtime rules so much. The fact that we didn't get to see Patrick Mahomes, like, have a shot in overtime, I just, they need to change that rule. Do you guys like that rule? I feel like I was alone, like, saying that
0: yesterday. Uh,
1: I can live I I could live with the rule because that is the rule, and you got to play defense. I mean, they know that going in. They did make a nice change when they said you can't win it on first possession with a field goal. I, I do question uh, Kansas City for not calling a timeout there when the Patriots had the ball inside the five yard line. But with that being said, I, I do think, and I do agree with this, I think the league probably will change the overtime rule in overtime. They they might keep it where it's at for regular season. But I think you almost got to give both teams a chance to have the ball in overtime. What do you think, Matt?
2: Oh no, I'm I'm on the side that uh, defense is a part of the game the the Rams the Rams started off on defense and and they won the game so you know I understand like people saying you know Patrick Mahomes didn't get a chance to win the game well the Chiefs defense should have stopped Brady then if you know de- yeah. defense is a part of the game it's not the the offense isn't the only part of football so your defense has to get a stop and then your offense can go score I mean it would be cool I, I do I like college football overtime it, it just seems like it's more of an equal chance or an equal opportunity type of thing. I, I feel like if they just went to a straight, like, play another quarter. Yeah. You know, maybe, maybe if they wanted to reduce it to, like, ten minutes or something. But just just play straight up, play another quarter. You know, that way, if a team happens to go on, like, a ten-minute drive for the win, well, that's the way it goes. But, you know, that way each team will likely get a chance to have the ball. But, you know, like, people's just saying, like, it's not even fair. Patrick Mahomes, getting a chance. Well, the Chiefs couldn't stop Brady, so that's their fault.
3: But the Patriots couldn't stop the Chiefs either. And I guess like I just don't know what, well, they, should what have we won lose. The, they
2: should have won the coin flip.
3: <laughs> yeah. Well first did you guys see like they so they picked head. Matthew Slater's like the special teams guy who calls it. Right. He says they, they always pick uh heads because God is the head of our life.
1: Oh. <laughs> I always <laughs> said Tails Never Fails.
3: Yeah, that's I'm a Tails guy myself. What about you, Matt?
1: I
2: you know, I don't know. Um I think I usually do go with the Tails Never Fails, but I did recently. This is just a quick little side tangent. I recently read an article that, like, some college—I don't know if it was like Harvard or you know some some university—did like this crazy long in-depth study on if it actually is fifty-fifty on a coin flip. And they said it's not. It's actually like fifty-one forty-nine. The side that's up when you flip it is fifty-one percent of the time going to end up Ooh. back up. Really? Oh, so, and they—you know—it wasn't some—it wasn't some like rinky-dink little college that. Hold five people or something like that. Like it was a major study done, and they said it's it's 51-49. The side that's up is gonna land.
1: What would your solution be, Jared? For uh just overtime.
2: Go until
3: like you keep going back and forth. And if both teams keep scoring, then like the, then the game keeps going. Are you like, saying that's possess-
1: what, possession by possession, or do you put 10 minutes on the clock, like Matt says?
3: Like a possession by possession, like college football, but you don't start on the twenty-five yard line. You just you kick it off, and then you just kind of play from there. Yeah. If both teams touch it, and then one scores, it's kind of like how they have it now. But if as long as you keep like matching them score for score, whether it's a field goal to a field goal, a touchdown to a touchdown, then the game just keeps playing. Like I don't know why us as fans, like obviously the players like during the regular season might not want to play that way. But if you asked the Chiefs, I bet you they would have been fine with those rules last night. And like us as fans, it's just more football. Like I don't know why the NFL wouldn't just adopt that.
1: I got a feeling they will change that. Uh, I could be wrong. I think also they got to change the uh, they got to change the instant replay rule. I mean, at least in the last two minutes, don't I mean why why do they just limit it to calls that are non-judgment calls? Why isn't pass interference part of it? Don't you think it ought to be? Maybe at least for sure in the last two minutes of a game in a in a playoff game.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, that I would think that's just as much a judgment call as anything, you know, if yeah. pass interference or not. But, you know, I, I did see that they're they're going to talk about having uh, pass interference reviewed. So I guess we'll see where that goes. But, you know, I, I'm just, I'm not really sure because it's kind of like where's it going to end. So like, I, I do think there are some plays that it wouldn't make sense uh, to review it, especially like the helmet to helmet pass interference or something. But, you know, are you just going to start reviewing every play? You know, like, there's a side to me that's, like, if you're going to have human refs, which obviously you are, like, unless you're going to get robotic refs or something like that, if you're going to have human refs, there's going to be mistakes made, just like players make mistakes all the time, too. So, like, if you're going to have human refs, like, mistakes are going to be made. And it's almost like people expect refs to never miss a call.
1: Yeah, but why have have instant replay? Why have instant replay? It's not going to happen. Yeah, but why have instant replay if you're eliminating what they can review?
2: Yeah, no, I I agree. It, it's like it does, kind of doesn't make sense what can be reviewed, what can't. So now you're going to throw in pass interference, but then are you going to maybe say holding? Because there's probably holding on every play in football, so you're going to start reviewing that. You know, like where's it going to end? Are you just going to? Let's review every play. After every play, stop for 20 seconds. Let's look at it. Did you see any penalties? Nope. All right, we're good. Yeah, but why? Games are going to last four hours. No,
1: why? Right now, they get how many challenges? Coaches get how many challenges? Is it three or two? I, I don't two. even know. Two. Yeah, two. Well, so why can't they? Why can't they pick a spot? And uh, what difference does it make what the call is? It doesn't add any time. I mean, I
2: think it adds quite a bit of time if you're still if you're reviewing plays. I mean, if you if you would have Sean Payton would have had a review and like, reviewed that pass interference, I mean, that one wouldn't have taken long. They would have had to look at one replay, you know, so that one wouldn't have taken long. But it, it's going to add time if you add reviews, just like in baseball.
1: Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, and I, I think I saw this on PTI before I headed out. The NFL, it, it made its name as a TV sport. It is a television sport. They started the instant replay, uh, you know, phenomenon. Yeah. But, again, they, they got it wrong. You gotta be able to review every play. Why do you have it limited? I just don't get it. Now, if you want to adjust it and not not extend the games a long time, when well, the last two minutes of a of a playoff game, can't you can't the league come up with that? I mean, I read that uh, Goodell, the commissioner, he could have stepped in today and said, you know what, we're gonna replay that last two minutes because that was a bad call. I mean, that's actually in the rules.
2: Yeah, that, that's a pretty crazy rule. <laughs> I'd, I'd be curious if that. Ever actually happen? So, so
1: why wouldn't they just look? Hey, you know, they look at the whole picture. They got all this on the line. The playoffs. Let's face it; that's what it's all about. Why would they not strive to get it right? Even if it added 15 minutes of game time, 15 minutes of television time overall for for the playoffs. Like to Jared's point, it, it took the wind out of the sails, right?
2: Yeah, maybe, yeah it, I mean, they they still could have won. Drew Brees didn't oh, have to throw that interception. Well, that's in true, but okay. I mean I mean that like I think reviews also take away, take wind out of the sails. I mean college basketball is almost ridiculous with the amount of reviews, really even the NBA. That that's one thing I think about. I mean baseball is kind of struggling with that too that you know you want to have replays, you want to get the call right like you're talking about because it does suck to get a call wrong. But then, like, you have momentum, and then you're stopping for 10 minutes to review. And then you, get, you have a play, and then another coach is going to review. And it's just like there's no flow to the game. There's no momentum. And it, so it's almost to the point where it's like, okay, like, if you want to get it right in the last two minutes of the game, do you not want to get it right in the first quarter? Do you not want to get it right the rest of the game?
1: Yeah, I get your point there. But, I mean, let's face it. We've played, played enough sports, and when it's money time, when it's crunch time, that's more important than anything that happens in the first quarter. I, I don't care what anybody says on that. Yeah, every play is important, but when you're when you're going down the stretch, and it's money time. That's when that's when you got to do it. Hell, I'd be okay if they eliminate coaches' reviews and just have the league do instant replay on any close call whatsoever in the last two minutes of the half in the game.
2: So was that that interception that Tom Brady threw in the first quarter when they were on the one yard line? That was less important than the one that Drew Brees threw in overtime? In the in
1: the, gr- I think, I think in the grand scope of the... In the gr-
2: especially in playoffs, whether it's in the first quarter or not.
1: Yeah, I get what you're saying there, but it, 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 my viewpoint is, you know, when it's time to be clutch, that's, that's at the tail end of the game. When it's a tie game or you're in overtime... Are you telling me that that play in the first quarter really has that much of an impact? Yeah, on the scoreboard, it does, it does, but it really doesn't have any bearing on the momentum that's going on in that moment.
2: Yeah, I mean, if, if they would have scored more points in the first or second quarter, they wouldn't have been in that position to begin with.
1: Yeah, okay. So well, if we, they well, would have
2: finished some of those drives with touchdowns and not field goals, then you wouldn't have had to put the ref in that position.
1: You know, we, you could argue that in a, in, a, in a court of law, Matt, and I'd have a hard time. I, I agree with you there, but...
2: I mean, I just—I think like that. It was a blatant miscall for sure, but to just sit there and say that the refs lost that game for the Saints, it's just like that's—it's pushing the blame on someone else because Sean Payton's play calling was terrible. They should have just been running the ball in the first place. I don't know why they were passing, and they—they should have scored more points in the first half in the first three quarters. You wouldn't be in that position. Stop the Rams! Don't let the Rams score. Like,
1: (laughs) would you say uh, this? Would you say this at least? That missed call cost the Saints the opportunity to close the game out and not allow the Rams to get their hands on the ball. They could have won it with a field goal, and the Rams no way would have had time to drive down the field.
2: Yeah, it cost them the opportunity.
1: That's right. I'm not going to flat out say it cost them the game, but it cost them a probable 95% opportunity.
2: Okay. Yeah, just just like when when Michigan when Michigan State had a 0.2 percent chance of winning that game, <laughs> you never know how it's gonna go.
1: All right.
3: <laughs> I've been pretty much just listening, um, but I will make a judgment on who I think just won that argument. The court of Jared is now in session. <laughs> I think that Matt won that because, like you said, the legalities of it. Okay. I, the, a game in the first quarter, it it means as much as a game in the fourth quarter. So Matt, I I loved your argument. You actually swayed me from Ted's side to your side. Yeah. So I think you are now the monkey in the middle, Ted.
1: If, if we're going for the court of law, I guess I like I mentioned too. You know, we'll we'll go that route. But let's change it up a little bit. But
2: one one last thing. Well, where are you changing it to? Oh, uh, I was I keeping I was more. keeping it on right.
1: the NFL. I wanted to. Well, go ahead, Matt. I, I, I'm going to keep it on the NFL for a bit more.
2: Okay. Yeah. So I was just going to ask. That, you know, we're talking about the refs. So you know. Players have to go straight, play players and coaches have to go straight to basically right from the game to a press conference. Uh, sometimes they don't even change out of their uniforms and they're already sitting in front of the media answering questions. Is there a side, like, I've thought before, like, there should be accountability for refs. I'm sure that within, like, the refing community, you know, with the union or whatever community they have for referees, they do get graded and, you know, uh, judged or whatever, you know, when they do a game. But I, there's a side to me that thinks, like, that ref should have, as much as Sean Payton had to sit in front of media, as much as Drew Brees had to answer questions, I feel like that ref should have went in front of the media and had to answer questions. Like, I feel like sometimes there's no accountability for the referees.
1: That's a great, that's a great comment right there. It really is.
2: <laughs> but you don't think, I mean, Jim Joyce is
3: like life's over because he missed one call. No, I mean, yeah. They are kind I mean, of held
2: accountable. Yeah, that was pretty bad.
1: Well.
3: I mean, I th- he's getting death threats, and, and that was for a pointless game. I mean it was a it was a perfect game but yeah for a Tigers team that wasn't even like that good just a middle August or like a middle August game he's getting death threats for that.
1: Yeah, that's that part is ridiculous but
2: uh, yeah, I mean that that's ridiculous. I just mean as far as like being accountable. Like I said, I'm sure they are. I'm sure that ref heard from whoever his bosses or you know whatever for missing that call. But it just seems like a ref can blow a call like that and it's almost like you just don't hear from him whereas yeah. If a guy misses a buzzer beater in basketball to win a game, you know, he's got to go straight to the media and answer questions. If a guy, if you know, Drew Brees throws that interception, he's got to answer questions about it. I don't know. Is is this is something I've thought about before? Do you
1: guys have any theories on why all of a sudden refs are blowing calls? Is it, is it because they're relying too much on instant replay? I mean, these guys, I think they make pretty good coin to be out there on, on, on the football games in the NFL. I mean, it's not maybe a, a full-time job, but – I don't know. It just seems like we're seeing more and more blown calls and, and you know, this kind of result.
3: I, it's First off, it's definitely a full-time job. They're making six figures. They're flying. Are they? Okay. Like, oh, it's, yeah, it's not like first a full-time job, actually.
2: That, that's one of the big things. NFL refs are part-time officials. That's, that's one, I mean, they probably make really good money. They probably make, like, full-time money. But that's what, one, one criticism. And I'm not trying to, like, cut you off, Jared, but that's one criticism that people have made is that these are NFL refs are just part time refs?
1: Yeah, because they do college games even, right? Right.
2: Yeah, some of them do. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but if they make six figures,
2: right? Yeah, they still make good money. Oh
1: my God! Well, that's that's <laughs> that's, that's that's a professional, and you you should be earning your paycheck. And whoever the refs are that blew that call, probably ought to give their paychecks back.
3: Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, what? Okay. So.
1: That was sarcasm, by know. the way, Jared.
3: No, I'm with it. I don't know. no. I don't think bets. you were sarcastic. I think you just knew where this was going. Were you actually sarcastic when you said that? Yes, I was. They should have to You didn't Matt, did that sound sarcastic to you? <laughs> you know that's not sarcastic. So, what if you, so let's say you're at your job, right. uh, and you blow a sales call. You you should have to forfeit your paycheck no, that week?
1: No, it it was it was 100% sarcasm whether it sounded like it or not.
2: If you if you blow a sales call, you should have to go to the Argus and answer questions.
1: <laughs> hey, believe media. me, I have blown sales calls. It, <laughs> it does. I, I'm hardest on myself, so that that does happen. <laughs> hey, I, guys, I also wanted to comment. You know, we're rolling along here, and we could we could probably go a couple hours on the NFL. But another big hot topic in the social media and all the talking heads, and they're dead on right. Tony Romo, what the hell? This guy had the game of his life yesterday in that Patriots and Chiefs game. Thoughts? Um, I'm curious
2: to hear what Jared has to say. Yeah, about me them. too. He, he put on a clinic out there.
3: I mean, like, you couldn't have said it any better. I did hear a conspiracy theory, however. Oh, really? That he's he might be tapped into the coordinators uh, in the press box, like, giving the signals down to the field. Which I don't think it's true, but still, like, even if that is true, like, I wouldn't be able to decipher what those play calls mean, like, overhead set. Like if if that actually is like what he's doing, why aren't other people doing that like as well? Yeah. Like when you hear like Z like John Grube's like famous like Z Spider like Y two banana, I don't know what that means. <laughs> and it's just so even if that is somehow which I like I said it was it's a, it's a conspiracy theory. But he might be tapping into the court. That, that's
1: how point. good he he is and was. You know, he's still so close to the game. Don't you think it's a matter of, first of all, he was a bright guy. He was a bright quarterback. He didn't maybe have the success they were hoping for in Dallas. But obviously, sitting up there in the booth, he can see what's happening. And and some of the, some of the things he was pointing out as an analyst, once he pointed it out and you're looking at it, you're going, damn right they're going to Gronkowski down the sideline. I mean, he had it figured out. <laughs>
2: Yeah. yeah I think that's part of it is I mean I think he doesn't get the credit he deserves for the quarterback that he was but also I he's he's only a couple of years removed from playing so right. you know I think he still is like plugged in I guess to the offenses that these guys are running but you know there, I like him I you know early on people were hating on him didn't like listening to him call a game the one thing to me too is like you can tell he genuinely is like having fun you know he he makes you know, there are some guys that you almost want to mute when you're watching a game. He actually makes it, like, fun listening to a game.
1: Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, you know, the the guys that are boring and just kind of go through the, the, the motions, they're a dime a dozen. But Romo brings excitement to it. He You can tell that he is pumped up. It was like he's playing up there in the booth.
2: Do so you, you think, you know, especially all this uh, publicity he's getting or whatever you want to say, do you think he's, like, Grooming himself, someone's going to offer him a head coaching job. (laughs) Seeing seeing how he can just call the plays.
1: I've seen I've seen a bunch of posts about that as well. As offensive offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, he'd be nuts to do that. He has he has the prime gig. Are you kidding me?
2: Oh yeah. Yep.
3: Well, I just saw. I mean, like if I was him, I would just try leveraging it. Like I just like I just saw earlier today that CBS is like ready to to give him some substantial raise, like to stay with the network. Perfect. And it's just. Like yeah, if I was I would not want it. I would not want to coach if I was him. Just stay in the booth. That's like the best job there is.
1: Oh, without a doubt. Yep. Yeah. Well, I think we're all in agreement that uh, we're Romo fans, right?
2: Oh yeah, big Romo fans.
1: All right. One final thing on the referees. We keep going back and forth, but uh, in that Patriot game, I mean, there were some bad calls in that one, including that roughing the passer to Brady. I mean, you know, Again, why is a call like that? One of the refs not helping out or. Not reviewable. That was, that was a joke. Yeah,
2: I mean, maybe that's another one that you could, you know, throw a flag on or whatever. But yeah, I don't know. But the one thing pe- there was a play earlier that you know Mahomes kind of got hit in the shoulder, head, whatever you want to. Right. Say, and it didn't. It didn't get called. So yeah, who knows? I guess
1: a lot of those things do do uh, even out, but it's when it comes down the stretch is when it really is highlighted for sure. And by the way. Not anybody's really been talking too much about uh I forget the defensive lineman for the Chiefs that was lined up off sides when Brady threw that pick. Yeah, How huge was pretty,
2: that? D, D Ford. Yeah, yeah. he uh that, that might have ended the game right there. So Exactly. He he can't be feeling good.
1: No. Well any other NFL talk boys?
2: Jared, I know you might have something else. I don't know what you guys thought, but I was in there thinking Patriots are going on winning. You know, they've got all these new players, it seems like, every year, come in and out, new coaches, and we're one of the teams, the Detroit Lions, that hired one of Belichick's assistants, and Belichick is, uh, obviously, just keeps right on going, back to the Super Bowl. Like, do you think it's fool's gold hiring Belichick's assistants when, you know, he keeps losing assistants, except for Josh McDaniels, I guess, is OC, and nothing changes, like, It just makes me feel like it's all Belichick. It's not in Brady, obviously, but it's all Belichick. It's not Matt Patricia because their defense seems just fine without Patricia.
1: It's been pretty much proven. I mean, about the only one that had any kind of real success is Nick Saban, isn't it? Yeah. Has any of us, any of his other assistants really done much?
3: It's known that he doesn't, like, that was one of the reasons why McDaniels, like, stayed. That was, like, what Belichick told him when, because originally McDaniels was going to go to the Colts, he accepted the job, and then Belichick told right. him he's going to offer him, like, everything. He's going to teach him everything he knows. He's going to open up his walls. So, and that just shows you, like, that Patricia didn't get that treatment. No. He didn't care when he left. No, he wasn't trying to ring Patricia back to the Patriots.
2: He let him leave. Yeah fair point and and where does he land with the lion
3: <laughs> you know what I, you know what actually kind of was pissing me off this weekend and i just really thought about it i'm kind of sick of the lions like woe is me mentality of our fans am i like we all kind of joke about it but for some reason something clicked in my brain this weekend i was like i'm just sick of this well, all we a- ever do is complain about the refs that that's that, that, like we're all we're the same old lions like we need to change our mentality
1: how do we We're do winners. that? We're winners.
3: We're the Motor City.
1: How, how do we do that, Jared? <laughs> I
3: we, I,
2: I'm done. I'm done. Bad. I'm from the
1: Lions. Oh, Patricia's the future. I think.
2: I think That's we need we to do. mark this down, and and we'll we'll revisit this. What next? Next September, October.
1: Right. <laughs> what's this is the, pod fifty six? By the way, pod fifty six.
2: <laughs> right. it, it
3: must have been in because what's the uh, self self fulfilling prophecy? You know. If you if you start saying things, then all of a sudden stuff starts falling that way. That's a little bit of calm, uh, Grand Valley communicative theory. First look at communicative theory uh, thoughts for you guys
2: uh-huh. to think about. Okay. What else do we have though? Right. As
3: Lions fans, I'm just sick of it. I That you guys can disagree and keep the "woe is me" attitude, and we'll see where that leads us.
2: How's the only, it worked for you? your whole life? The only thing, life, uh, to the only that, thing I'll good. say about the "woe is me" thing. I mean, I think it's the Lions' fault. I mean, they just they just stink. Right. So, I mean,
1: Why not sell the team? Why not sell the team that maybe changes things up? Maybe that would maybe that would give us a boost.
2: I'm all for that. Yeah,
1: no doubt. But maybe the Disney Corporation can purchase them.
2: Uh, yeah, let's do it. They got the money. Yeah. <laughs> like, how how ridiculous is... I mean, Brady's the greatest of all time, right? I think so. What is he, 41 now? Right. And, I mean, does he look like he should retire?
1: Heck, no way. I mean, he doesn't get hardly ever touched. He throws the ball, he releases it still as quick as anybody. If he throws a deep ball, he still can do that. I mean, I don't know. There's no doubt. I used to be a Johnny Unitas guy, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I know that's a a way throwback, boys. But, okay. And then Joe Montana had a lot of votes for the greatest of all time. But, (laughs) in my opinion, it's not even close. It's Tom Brady, without a doubt. Win or lose this Super Bowl.
3: So Johnny Unitas, like he used to like point the <laughs> classic like point with his arm before he threw, and he probably he was probably what like drink. We've all seen that photo that just crashed out every time. Like the guy, the quarterback for the Chiefs, like starting in a Super Bowl, is drinking a beer and smoking a cigarette like a halftime.
1: Lenny Dawson.
3: Lenny Dawson, there yeah, you are. Yeah,
1: no, that's how it was in those days. Johnny Unitas, I'm sure he probably swigged back a beer or two at halftime.
3: But anyway, the thing that um, in in regards to Tom Brady. I mean, he's the he's the baddest motherfucker around. I mean, you heard him say it, right? Have you ever felt? Have you ever thought that to yourself, like walking into work? I, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll point this. I'll point this question at Ted. Have you ever like thought? That?
1: <laughs> you're a moron. <laughs> you know that. <laughs> you he just get, get the biggest out. giggles out of thinking you're digging me. Is that, is that for entertainment to, like, value or do you really <laughs> do you really go along with those thought processes?
3: I'm not like trying to I'm just like it's it's just kinda of funny to think about. Like you have Tom Brady, he's like a football player, and it's kinda of funny when you try to think of that like mindset into like an office like
2: yeah. area. Yeah,
1: I when I know. when I walk in the sales department I do go, man, I am a bad mofo.
2: <laughs> you gotta have that confidence, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> You know, right after he he says, you know, hi to his wife or whatever, thanks to his wife. Right. You know.
1: Yeah, he doesn't have a bad life, let's face no. it.
2: Yeah, that, that's what I'm trying to get to. He doesn't he's, – he's got a nice life. <laughs> I mean, we, we all do, but, you know.
1: We're not on Tom Brady's level. I don't care how happy I am. Yep, yep. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so, there's a couple more things before we move on from NFL. The thing that I don't – like, Todd Gurley, who was, like, the offensive MVP, uh, what, last year – and then he comes out and he does, and he gets replaced by like fat uh, CJ Anderson. So Todd Gurley had four carries for ten yards. Like, how does the best like how, like? That's what I don't understand about like the Rams and just the NFL in general. How can the offensive MVP just be like completely cast aside? He's,
1: he has to just, be hurt. There's got to be something something wrong. I hey, he he also did you notice when he was in the game early on, he wasn't really performing. He was he dropped a pass right on his hands and mm-hmm. you know. I, I don't know if it was a coach's decision. I don't know if he's banged up and we don't really know the real story. But I think something is going on there. And I think maybe in these two weeks leading up to the Super Bowl, he'll be back healthy. But, yeah, you're right. It's, it's a very strange storyline.
3: Speaking of uh, strange storylines, uh, here's a little Johnny Unitas story for you. Uh, <laughs> Johnny Unitas went, I walked into the Charter's locker room and found all the players passing around a joint.
1: Uh-huh. I've heard that uh, story he played,
3: before. He <laughs> <laughs> politely asked can't you guys afford your own cigarettes so he, he was a good guy you know he, he didn't want any of that devil's lettuce
1: <laughs> yeah that was that's johnny you baby my hero good old days <laughs> all right well you know let's wrap up this whole nfl part and uh i know we haven't heard from him in a while but let's uh let's see what jack strap has to talk about in regards to this last weekend hi jared and guys it's jake here Hey, Happy New Year and Happy Martin Luther King Day to you. I'm just curious if you noticed the blonde babes in the Kansas City press box during the game Sunday night. I'd be happy to share my dilly-dilly with any of them.
0: give me that phone, Jake, you moron. I tell you, I'm going to knock you silly, silly. But uh, I will tell you, he does have an eye for the blondes, let me tell you. So, anyway, guys, (laughs) that's a cold one out there. I got myself a little bit of a cold. Sure, the Rams and Patriots are going to be squaring off Super Bowl Sunday. How appropriate would it be to have Brady retire where it all started back in 2002? A Super Bowl win against the Rams. Or will it be a young kirk warner that'll begin his streak of eight plus super bowl appearances speaking of appearances it appears to me that instant replay has failed us i'm old school and i've never approved of having cameras decide sporting events why are we as humans so passionate about perfection when clearly we're far from it for example guys I dated a girl in high school who appeared perfect too, until I found out she had herpes. It was ridiculous and painful. Anyway, controversy is good for sports, and clearly, with instant replay and effect, we still have imperfection and controversy. Let me ask you a question, guys. Let's pretend that, say, uh, Patriots are facing third down and long in overtime in the Super Bowl and Brady throws a winning TD. But wait! A blitzing Merlin Olsen is clearly held on the play as the cameras show and he's about to sack Brady, but the referee flat out missed the hold call. Is that call any less important than whether or not a receiver caught the ball or had two feet in bounds, or uh, let's say the Saints and uh, Rams are tied at 20 and uh, Drew Brees throws a pass down the field, and the guy is illegally hit and he's interfered with, but it doesn't matter because it's not eligible for instant replay. I'm telling you guys, I'm so upset I'm losing my voice. And if you think camera footage is perfect, go back to Julian Edelman's botched attempt to field the rolling football. Don't they teach you in Little League football not to do that? But anyway, I'm going to cut him some slack, though, because he had some balls catches out there late in the game, so I'll cut him slack. But it certainly looked like to me he touched it, didn't he? You see, fellas, we have imperfection regardless of the coaches' challenges and camera footage. What's next? Will they eliminate referees and umpires and decide to place a league official alongside a camera operator monitoring each player on every play? It's ridiculous! And also, you got a delay, although it does allow me to use the restroom because I do use it more often these days. But let's go back to the way all of us humans are made. Imperfect, like my classmate Cindy, who had herpes. Imperfection would be perfectly fine with me. Having said all that, fellas, we had two outstanding games with clutch plays from all four teams, and I'm looking forward to the Super Bowl, the game, and the commercials. Hey, speaking of commercials, am I the only NFL fan out there who hates State Farm commercials with Aaron Rodgers? Agents? Stupid! And if you're gonna give me stupid, make it funny. Stupid. Like the Budweiser and the Dilly Dilly series. And. excuse me, thumbs up to Verizon for the emotionally driven ads about the heroes of all first responders. Under the Kaepernick saga, we were led to believe that the majority of cops are racist pigs. In my opinion, Verizon quietly delivered a message loud and clear, all first responders, including cops, deserve our respect. Let's hate the sinners and praise the saints. Uh, Well, maybe not the New Orleans saints. They blew it. But anyway, hey, Hey, uh, I got to go. I think Jackie's calling me. She might have heard me talking about Cindy. Uh-oh. Hey, Jackie, I was just kidding there, honey. I, I love you a lot. yeah. yeah. Well,
1: always good to hear from uh, Jake and Jack, that's for sure, and uh, get his takes on the weekend. But uh, before we move on to our next topic, I want to tell you about Rivals Taphouse and Grill. That's the local spot to meet up with all your friends, catch your favorite sporting events on their 21 flat-screen TVs, and also their 120-inch projection screen. Come on in for the Super Bowl 53 as Tom Brady and the Patriots battle the upstart Rams. All the fun kicks off at noon with a cornhole tournament to benefit the city of Corona in their 150th birthday celebration. All-day-long specials including 50 wings for 30 bucks, dine in or carry out. And also, it's the official gathering spot for 3-Point Podcast. That's Rivals Taphouse and Grill located on the corner of Shiawassee and M21 in Corona. Now, guys... I know we have the three generation thing going here, and you know, and I know it's all fun and games talking about the old guy, but uh, you guys are definitely more in tune with hoops, especially NBA. Now, when I look at college basketball, this last Saturday to me, okay, I know there's been some pretty decent early season games, but to me, college basketball. The season really started Saturday. There was some great matchups. You know, Michigan at Wisconsin, they, they suffered their first loss. But, you know, I kind of go from season to season. It's still football season, but right now we're segueing into college basketball. Thoughts on that?
3: Why is it that uh, Saturday was the day that you swapped over?
1: Well, I mean, we had, we had undefeated Michigan at Wisconsin. And, and all three of us, we could see the – Potential outcome of that one, right? I mean, you go into the Kohl Center, you go into Wisconsin, the way, the style they play, you just had a feeling Michigan was really going to struggle in that one, and struggle they did. You had number 1 Duke at the time against number 4 unbeaten Virginia Saturday in a classic game. I mean, Zion Williamson, or however you say his name, Zion, Zion, that guy is a man-child. It's really the first time I've had a chance to watch from start to finish The guy is is unbelievable. I mean, he has 27, R.J. Barrett 30, but then you have number 3 Tennessee and Alabama playing a classic game. You have West Virginia upsetting Kansas. I mean, the list goes on and on. Saturday was just a college basketball fan's perfect day. Yeah, I'm I'm
2: kind of the same way. I mean, I don't know if, if I would say, like, last Saturday was the kickoff for me. It was a huge day of college hoops for sure, but I'm kind of the, like, you know, when do the games even start now? Like around Halloween, it seems like, or Thanksgiving. Right. That's like, football I, season. It's hard to really get into some of those early season matchups, even when it is like a one versus four or something like that. Because, uh, you know, like by now, people don't even remember that. Michigan State has two losses. You know, they, they're undefeated in the Big Ten, and that's what matters.
1: And they're playing well.
2: And they're playing really well. They're up by like 20 right now on Maryland, yeah. number 13 in the country. So, I mean, they're they're playing great. So that's what I mean. Like, yeah, it it is around now. Yeah, obviously like around the Super Bowl when football's really wrapping up that college basketball, it seems like that's when the season really gets going.
1: And that's you know you you obviously Matt, you work in the industry. you you really have to be tuned into basketball from the opening tip off of the season because you're producing the games on television for ESPN. For me, and this is the old guy again, Saying how I view my basketball, or how I view my sports, I should say. You know, football season's ending right now, and I'm getting into college basketball. I'm gonna watch full games. Up to this point, I've been casually checking out some of the better games, but I'm gonna be watching full games from now on till March. You guys, a little different in the NBA because you're you're the younger generation. Really, the NBA is the sport. You're in tune to that a hundred percent. For me, I don't even start really watching NBA games till you know last week or so of the season as they try to get into playoff position I'll watch it in the playoffs then I get through I get through the NBA season then it's baseball time I know that's yawn yawn for you guys but I'm going to watch my tigers you know and get my outdoor activities I'll be out on the pontoon I'll be fishing summertime I'm outside so I'm not who cares if it's baseball season right and then when baseball season is winding down we're back to football so I mean that's that's my cycle year in and year out
3: yeah, I, I think we're all kinda of, everyone's sorta of on this schedule for some some way, shape or form. But for college basketball I kinda of like during Thanksgiving break and really during like Christmas break as well, like I'm pretty in tune to like the college basketball season. And and then like you said, pretty much I would say starting basically today through the rest of March, like I'm watching college basketball whenever it's on. Right. But during football season it's not the same way. But as and as you said earlier, like we all could have expected uh um, Michigan to lose to Wisconsin. Like, John Line's 5-17 and 17 against Wisconsin his career. Like, yeah. why, why is that? Is it because they just play so similarly and Michigan's like, the fact that Michigan doesn't turn the ball over really doesn't give them much of an advantage because Wisconsin doesn't either? Like, why is that? I don't get
1: it. Well, one reason is, I mean, we've talked about it. If Michigan's not hitting their three-point shots, they could be in trouble. They didn't hit their three-point shots. You know, Brazilla, he had a terrible game. Didn't even score, did he? Yeah, no. he put up a goose egg. Goose egg. How do you have a goose egg from yeah. probably your, one of your best players?
2: After he kind of slapped his gums a little bit about playing Duke. It, it, that too. On him.
1: Yeah, that's karma right there getting him.
2: Yeah, I mean, literally 23 points in, or twenty-three minutes, zero points, two turnovers.
3: Same thing with like Charles Matthews, five points in 31 minutes. Like, Not only can we not shoot threes, I don't, and I know that we've said it before, why can't we make a free throw? Like <laughs> five for 11, I, that's this terrible. team – A John Beeline team should be able to make their free throws.
2: Kind of been playing with fire a little bit. I mean, we've all been – I mean, I know I have definitely been high on Michigan. I still am. Like, one loss isn't ruining the season. But, they, you know, there's been some games that they've let teams hang around and then they end up pulling away at the end or whatever. So uh, this was definitely one it seemed like they were probably going to lose. I think it's Wisconsin. They just make you play their style of basketball. I mean, it's kind of like Virginia. They slow the game down. And, you know, they just make you play their style of basketball, especially at the Kohl Center, like you said, Ted. I mean, it's an ugly place to play, an ugly place to try and get a win. And I don't know. Like, you know, some people say, like, it's a good loss. You know, sometimes a loss is good. I don't think a loss is really ever good. But I do think it's, in a sense, you know, now we don't have to worry about running the table. You know, that's out the door. And Michigan State's in first place in the the Big Ten now. So maybe that puts – a little more motivation uh, for Michigan to knock them out of first place in the Big Ten.
3: Yeah, it's not. I mean, Wisconsin had lost four of their last five. Like coming in, like this, like I, I know we think of Wisconsin and we think like the Bo Ryan, super, super very good like team. But that's like not who they are anymore. They got Greg Gard running the show. Like they're not the same program. But I tell you what, I'm a little bit nervous because you watch Ethan Happ just have an absolute heyday on us, like 26 and 10, and yeah. seven assists. And, I'm start, and I know we talked about it last pod, but Nick Ward like, doesn't normally play against Michigan, but it's like, is Teske, is he not as good of a defender as we thought he was? Like, could Nick Ward actually like hurt us if, when we play Michigan State?
2: I think Hap is a little better, like his post moves are a little better than Ward. Uh, I mean, Hap's actually, he's a really good player. But yeah, I, I get your point, because I mean, I think Teske played okay against him, but, but yeah, Hap kind of, for the most part, kind of had his way, so... Yeah, I mean they just got stuff to fix. I don't know. I think it's just one of those things. They had a bad day. So I I'm not looking too much into it.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's still a long way to go, but I will say this, you know, and I know both you guys will will flat out say are not Michigan State fans. I'm the one guy here in basketball season that I I I like Michigan State. I always have. And I'm not saying it to be a front runner since they're in first place, but I think I think they got a legitimate team here this season and I think Ward, I, I'd give him a little bit more credit than you guys are giving him. I think he could I think he can take it to Teskey. He may not be able to bury the outside shot, but he's still he's pretty strong inside and has some pretty decent moves.
3: Counterpoint, he's like six foot five. Um, but also like you know what's bullshit is that Wisconsin uses these like sterling basketballs and you wonder why it's so hard to play at like the Cole Center they're using a ball that no one else uses and it's actually I don't know if i pulled this before
1: I never it's realized kind of, that
3: it's kind of like an interesting story so back when Bo Ryan was uh like at University of Wisconsin like Platteville when he ran a basketball camp the only basketball brand that would like give him basketballs to use was sterling so when he went to Wisconsin like he took them with them and it's, like, been that way since 2001. So it's, like, everyone who goes there uses these shitty, like, hard, like, playground-type Sterling
2: basketballs that are nowhere near as good as, like, the Wilson balls. And I think that has something to do with why wow. it's so hard to play there.
1: There's a new thing. I mean, I,
2: I think it definitely does. I worked with a dude uh, who I worked with him in Bristol. He's down here in Charlotte, too. He, he went to Michigan State, and he was, uh, like, a student manager. He was in the, like, video production program for the basketball team. So he actually, he, like, got to know Izzo pretty well. Uh, It was through the Draymond years, and he said that they hated, Michigan State hated going to Michigan because of the balls they used. I forget what brand they were using at the time. They might have been using, like, a Nike ball or something. Uh, But anyway, he said that the players, Michigan State's players, would just bitch and complain about that constantly whenever they had to go to Michigan and play because of the balls. So there might be something to that.
1: I I never even contemplated that thought in my whole life. But you know that makes some sense. It's almost funny, you know, like the NFL. They have they play with the same ball, right? Every every game, every team plays with the same ball. But in college football, college basketball, they don't. That's that's very odd.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's the the home team, whatever. Usually, you know, it's whatever whoever their sponsor is.
1: Right. That makes sense.
2: Yeah. But I just don't know. Like, why would you do that though? Because because yeah half your games you're gonna have an
3: advantage but the other half and in the ncaa tournament you're gonna to have to use a wilson ball so i never really understood that but i can appreciate how bo ryan just said none of you guys want to donate to my camp when i'm at you uh uw platteville like when i go to wisconsin i'm gonna keep sterling so i guess i can kind of understand why
2: he did it
1: he's loyal yeah like yep. that um I, I don't know matt did the did the rankings come out yet college basketball
2: they did, yeah. I'm act- I'm actually looking at them right now.
1: I was gonna ask. I mean, you know, what do you guys think? Who should be number one today, and and who is number one today?
2: Uh, Tennessee is number one. Oh, then Duke, Virginia, Gonzaga, and then Michigan, Michigan State. Okay. I don't know. I think right now Tennessee is the most deserving, just because Duke recently lost, I, and then obviously Virginia and Michigan did too. So. You know, I think right now Tennessee is probably the most deserving of the number one.
1: Well, as we know, rankings don't mean a whole heck of a lot other than it may help you a bit in your seeding. But who do we think is the number one team in the nation? And I'll tell you who I do. I mean, I think it's Duke. I think they're the best team.
2: The only thing I think about Duke, they obviously have, I mean, they've got, whatever, four or five NBA players. Their depth isn't really there. And you saw that, you know, when R.J. Barrett went down. True. uh, They were playing dudes who, like, had never played that many minutes before, and then they lost. So, I don't know. That'd be the only thing. But yeah, I mean, if you had to pick a team, they're ridiculously talented. Have you guys been
3: familiar with the whole like Josh Langford mysterious like foot injury? That's I, been like totally I
2: saw some earlier today when I was kind of looking around. That people are starting to wonder if, if he actually hurt?
3: Because it's like Izzo's like and Izzo had a, like a comment where he said like he he knew exactly what it was. It's like it's uh let's see, let me find it. Give me a second here. It's in a weird pain area. Not, it's not a fifth metamorsel or Jones fracture. It doesn't seem to be broken, and so it's a little different than most injuries. And then this is what he said at the end of it. It's not like we're hiding something. It's a little bit unknown.
1: Hmm. <laughs>
3: huh. That's all you got to say to that one.
1: Yeah. That's a mystery.
2: Yeah, that that's kind of what I saw is that, it? you know, almost like Kawhi Leonard last year when he was hurt and no one really knew what was going on, it, it's almost like that. And, I mean, and with the way that Michigan State likes to cover stuff up, I mean, you, you have no idea what's going on. I don't know if you guys were watching the Michigan State-Maryland game at all. No. Nope. Early on. Early on. I know, Jared, you've talked about you love to watch the, the Masters promos, a tradition like unlike any other, you know, when mm-hmm. they start coming around. I feel like there should be a, a commercial <laughs> for Michigan State basketball, a tradition unlike any other when they slap the floor, oh. immediately the team scores on them because it happened early on against Maryland. Now, <laughs> Michigan State's up by, like, 20 right now. But early on, they came down, fired up, slapped the floor, and Maryland scored right on them.
3: See, but a lot I feel like, like Duke does that. A lot of schools do that, right?
2: Or is it, I is mean, it, is it Michigan I, State that started I, it? doesn't seem like as much as Michigan State. I don't know. Michigan State has a fetish with slap on the floor. It seems like
1: Michigan State to me as well. I think they were one of the early on teams to do that.
2: Nothing but Google I, know, can, I do know uh, for sure that Duke at least claims to be the first one, and Jay Billis says that he's one of the first ones to ever do it. Because I've heard him tell stories um, about Coach K like, giving him shit for slapping the floor. So, <laughs> you know, it, they at least claim to be one of the first ones. But it seems like Michigan State's keeping the tradition alive. All right. Yeah, it was uh, Duke.
3: Duke that started it. Back in the the tradition started sometime in the early 1980s, shortly after Mike Krzyzewski arrived and turned the basketball program into a powerhouse, which he did.
1: Which he did, no doubt. Yep. So no, that's, like,
3: that's almost like cultural appropriation. Like Michigan
2: State should not be able to do that.
1: <laughs> is, is is Coach K the greatest college basketball coach of all time?
2: I mean, he's got to be up there. I, I can't off the top of my head. I don't know how what he got for national championships. I mean, you got to
1: put him up there with John Wooden, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, Wooden is always the one to go to. But I just, you know, I didn't like watch any of those teams, obviously, so I can't really speak to Wooden. And, like, the the version of basketball, I always think about that. And I know Jared talks about it sometimes. Like, I don't know, was the whole college basketball landscape, the whole scene, was it that good back then?
1: Oh, no, no. Well, there
2: was probably, like, a handful of good teams back then.
1: Right, right. Whereas
2: now, like, there's. Twenty teams that could win a national championship if not more
1: yeah there's no doubt you you'd have to look at it by era so let's say in the last 20 years or so 20 to 30 years coach k who, who would you even put close to him
2: yeah yeah
1: i don't think you could
3: uh rickman jarris Rick, Majerus. <laughs> Rick Majerus is a legend he, like died from food I, I heard a story one time uh, i read it in a book i don't remember i think it was, i can't remember whose it was now but it was like they were out to eat and he, he grabs the waitress and he goes hey honey uh Get some appetizers and keep them coming all night. We're gonna be here for a long time. So instead of beer, he was uh, he was an appetizer
2: guy.
1: He, he's a legend. He, he started. Thank
2: God, it. he was fat.
1: And he uh, did he like go
2: to Applebee's? What was that deal? Applebee's used to have like like two for ten or something like that appetizers.
3: <laughs> it says I'm I'm looking at an article right now. Rick Majerus loses his death dance with food. It says that food was his vice. That's all he had. That and basketball.
1: Pretty pretty two pretty good things. Can't really blame him. All right. uh, rest in peace, Rick. Rest in peace, for sure. Oh. All right, before we move on to our next topic, fellas, just want to throw out, since I am the resident high school play-by-play broadcaster out here in the local area here, uh, the Corona Cavalier Girls, our alma mater, number five. <laughs> in the AP rankings after beating Flint Beecher 58-16 last Friday night. The boys, on the other hand, lost to the Buccaneers 85-56. Our Castle Game of the Week was a classic. You can catch the replay right here on 3 Point Pod. Joe Smith, an outstanding job on play-by-play. It was New Lothrop over Chessanine, 64-62 with two buzzer beaters. One to send the game into the first overtime, one to send the game in the second overtime. A couple of three-point buzzer beaters by the same new Lothrop player, and they ended up prevailing by two. Uh, Also, this week, our game of the week, Goodrich at Corona should be a good one. Hope you can tune in for that one. And we also, three-point podcast, we're planning a a doubleheader here on the pod, Corona at Owasso. That one will be coming up in February. And speaking of Corona just want to tell you that uh, kindergarten registration is coming up March 7th and 8th. Time to sign up those future Cavaliers. Take one small step today by calling. Here's the number. Listen closely, 989-743-1579 to ensure your child will take a giant leap into the future. Like we've said many times before, young or old, it's great to be gold. And also, keep up to date on Corona Schools by following the Corona Connection. The Corona Connection is a publication founded to create a platform for Corona residents and students to connect. View the entire Corona Connection paper online every month, both on Facebook and at coronaconnection.com. Well, guys, uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't get into a little bit of current events. i, I got to just briefly talk about you know, one of my favorite groups, Greta Van Fleet. They made an appearance on Saturday Night Live. I know there's been uh, different viewpoints out there in the social media world. First of all, did either one of you gentlemen get a chance to see Greta Van Fleet on Saturday Night Live?
2: I didn't. I did actually. I I meant to try and make it out or tune in to watch them. I didn't. I didn't. But I checked on Twitter uh, afterwards because I wanted to see some whatever what people had to say. Right. And it, it seemed like it was about half and half. Like it seemed like there was a good amount that loved it they loved their sound, you know, like it was a throwback sound, you know, everything like that. But then there was about an equal amount saying uh, they're just, they're fake, you know, they're trying to copy Led Zeppelin, um, making fun of the way they looked and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So that's the way it's going to go on Twitter, you know, oh, yeah, for sure. there's always going to be haters. But, but yeah, I, I kind of wish I would have seen it.
1: So you're saying you did not take the sports guy's advice and DVR it? Did not DVR it. No, I heard
2: I did not miss
3: much. Uh, from what I'm reading on reviews right now, and people did not like it. They were very stoic. Uh, not much energy. What was going on there? What's
0: going on with your group,
1: uh, boys? Well, all I can say is I enjoy. They they played a couple of their good songs. I thought uh, I thought Josh, the lead singer in the first song, was a little starstruck. I mean, it's pretty intimidating when you think about all the all the tremendous music acts that have been on SNL throughout the years, I thought uh, the first song was, you know, a little sketchy, but I thought uh, they came back strong with the second song, so all in all, I think a pretty solid performance, I wouldn't put it at the very top of the list, but I I thought it was pretty good, and I thought, again, great exposure for the guys, you gotta think about it, you know, Jared, they're your age, and I mean, they're big timers, I mean, they are big time, and just starting out their career, so, you know. We'll see what happens down the road, but I still, I'm sticking with them. How about that?
3: Yeah, that's that's something that you do always got to remember. Like, I think about that. Uh, they're my age, and they're here on Saturday Night Live. Granted, and this is what it says in the article, they were swallowed by the stage. But, like, I can't imagine what I would do in that scenario. Like, I get nervous just, like, ordering at a restaurant.
1: So <laughs> Or asking a girl out from sale. Her,
3: yeah, I've said that. Uh,
2: <laughs> that'll never get forgotten. That's apparent. <laughs> I mean, maybe well, I should have kept that one
3: under wraps. Fair game.
1: You put it on the air, baby.
2: Yep, that was, that was uh, one of the early stories that, you know, before I was, like, getting to know you or whatever. <laughs> one of the fir- first memories is you swinging and missing. I, but, no, no I, I've, I've thought that it, before, too. I mean, I I don't know Greta Van Fleet like, like you do, Ted, obviously. But, you know, if there's that many people hating on him on Twitter and, you know, out there writing that negative publicity or whatever, they must be doing something right.
1: Yeah, and don't you think okay. some of that negative stuff is a little bit of jealousy also? I mean, I'm not saying all of it, but don't you think there's some of that? Could be. Yeah.
2: Yeah, from from some bands that are their age and they're not getting to play Saturday Night Live, and
1: or some young guys that are on social media and just say, "Oh, these guys think they're everything," you know. Yeah. Before we wrap up the show, uh, a little little harder hitting. How about finally John Engler out at Michigan State, huh? What in the hell? I mean, he's like Daryl Rogers. I remember he said, "What do I have, what's a what's a coach have to do to get fired?" I can't believe Engler lasted that long.
2: Thought? I mean, I saw. I, I don't know if it was like the final straw, but he said something like some of the victims from the Nasser case are enjoying the spotlight.
1: Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that coming from a <laughs> university president?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I know it was questionable them hiring him for the interim position in the first place, because I know he has a really shady background when he was governor and everything, but, you know, for him to last this long, because he's done stuff the whole time that he's been interim, you know, for... I, I guess that, like I said, maybe that was the final straw for them to kind of force him out. But it's just a, I, it's just such a bad look on Michigan State to even keep him around that long.
1: Oh, it really is. I mean, it just, why they hired him in the first place to be the interim guy, why they kept him as long as they did. And I think it goes to uh, the Board of Regents. I mean, it's they've been, you know, they've been <laughs> on shaky ground for a long time. And I know you guys that probably aren't in tune with a lot of that. But, you know, George Perlis was on the on the regents and I don't know if you saw the story recently, you know, part of the politics they gotta play, they have to they have to pledge so much money to the university and he had pledged he he still owed two hundred thousand dollars and then he resigned off the board and they waived his commitment and said, No, you don't have to pay it anymore. And and they got another guy that's been on the board forever, Joel Ferguson. And I think this guy wields way, way too much power over at (laughs) Michigan State. He's been there forever. I mean, they're 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 afraid of him. He's a big time businessman in the in the Lansing area. Uh, he he wields so much power. I just think there's still a lot of nonsense going on with that board. And uh, I guess we're going to see what happens. But keeping it on the keeping it on the grounds of politics. This is a little lighter though, guys. We'll end it with this, okay? What did you guys think about Clemson, the football team, going to the White House, and our president serving them fast food? Did you have any thoughts on that?
3: an awesome move have, have you Is this? have you guys ever done that where you've gone so this is something I'll normally do is I'll go to Wendy's to get a burger and a Frosty and then I'll go to McDonald's and get their fries like honestly that's quite a that's a feast fit for kings uh, all those uh, fast food options and Donald Trump I, like a lot of people don't like him that's one of those things that I respected the fact that he's like I paid for this I'm, they're coming
2: I just had to tip my cap to him on that one that was a great move I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I kind of I kind of feel a little different on it. Uh, I I mean, there's a side that's like, whatever. It's not that big of a deal. It's fast food, so like, don't take it too seriously. Maybe it was partly a joke or whatever. But there's also a side to me that's like, like, think about what was being said. You know. So obviously the government's shut down right now. Yeah. So uh, that is there's a whole mess going on with that that we don't need to get into. But so he he almost like brags that he paid for it. So he like he's sitting here saying, like, I paid for all this food. So you're bragging about paying for this food, and what, what could you afford? Fast food? Like, are, are you are you trying to impress people by saying you paid for a bunch of Wendy's and, and McDonald's? Because, A, that's not impressive. And then, two, he tries to make, like, a big deal saying, like, you know, the, the reporters were asking him, like, about the food. And he keeps saying, like, they were asking him, like, do you like Wendy's or McDonald's? And he just kept saying over and over, like, I like American food. This is... This is all American food. He kept calling it, like, American food, high-quality American food, when really in actuality that food is, like, I know it's, like, good, greasy food or whatever when you're hungover. The quality of that food is trash. Like, all of that food, Wendy's, McDonald's, all of that stuff is awful food. So if you're trying to brag about paying for it and you're trying to brag about it being American food, like, the symbol behind that is terrible because McDonald's and Wendy's and that food is not good. So, like, I, like, there was a whole thing that, like, if, if you're trying to, like, paint this picture that, like, you're trying to be cool and buy fast food and you paid for it and do everything like that, like, it's just, it's sloppy and it's such a bad look.
1: Well, let me ask you this. Jared, were you being truthful? You thought that really was what the, the football team would want to eat? Or, or do you think, like, your guys like Cooper and other college football players, don't you think they'd like to have rack of ribs and other types of real top-notch All I know food? Is
3: this. I've been to a few weddings in my day where it's, like, $50 for a plate. Yeah. And every time I've been disappointed with the food. Okay. Don't we agree? Like, a lot of the times when it's, it's, like, there it comes a point where it's, like, too, like, fancy. Where it's not good. Yeah, yeah. It's I, I, really I, I vegetables get vegetables and shit. Like, I don't need vegetables. Just, I'll, I'll take a burger from McDonald's. And, Matt, it is good food.
1: <laughs> it is good food. I don't like you disparaging it and saying it's not good food. So, you, if you had your choice. For any kind of food. You're on death row and you, what are you gonna order? You gonna order some uh, fast food or are you gonna order something else?
3: Am I gonna am I gonna okay, so if I'm on death row and it's it's an important meal, am I gonna take my chances
1: your favorite. This is what food. I'll say, your favorite in food. in my
3: past experience, more money spent on a meal does not necessarily make it better.
1: I didn't say that. I'm just saying, are you gonna order fast food for your for your last meal?
3: What does that have to do what, first off, I'm not a Clemson football player. You asked the Clemson football
1: players, did they seem okay with it? Uh, I, I, There were some mixed reviews I heard on that.
2: Yeah, there were a couple players, that, like there was that video where you can hear a couple guys in the background saying, like, I thought this was a joke. So, right. like, someone was probably saying, like, yeah, there's a bunch of fast food in there, and they thought it was a joke or you whatever.
1: Don't, you don't think that was a political move that, oh, the government shot, shut down, and it's not my fault, but I'm picking up the tab here. I'm getting these young boys some fast food. That well, I mean, I, that's
2: kind of what I think. If, like, yeah, if you like, pay for it. Like, you there's can a side that's brother. like, whatever. It's not that serious. you bought them fast food. That's right. And I, I think there's more to it than that. <laughs> I agree.
3: If you can pay for it, hats off to you. You just bought probably. I don't even know how much that would have cost. Like, probably hundred people food, whether it's fast food or not. That's a lot of money.
1: Yeah, Donald Trump's a you it. I, how, who am I to mock
2: you for? I didn't
1: buy anybody any food. All right. Well, we'll leave it there. There, there
2: you... was a side to me too. I don't know what you guys thought, but one of the first things I thought when I saw that was how long has that food been sitting there? Cuz hey, fast food gets cold really fast. And that food's just been sitting there for however long? Like so not only are you serving them garbage food, you're <laughs> serving them cold garbage <laughs> food. Uh, it was it was just it was bizarre. Clown.
1: It was just bizarre. They, it,
2: it was a clown move. <laughs> right.
1: All right. Final I thoughts? don't know, Agree
2: to disagree on that one.
1: Agree <laughs> to disagree. F- final thoughts from you guys. Anything else you want to get on the table here before we wrap this thing
3: up? Yeah. Uh, last thing. So I was watching a the Fry documentary on Netflix, and it's on Hulu as well. There's two of them. I don't know. Have you either? Of you guys watched that?
1: The Fire Festival?
3: Yeah. Fire Festival. Oh, I've, yeah, I've yeah. been
1: meaning to. Is it any good?
3: It's 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 a pretty crazy story. Basically, it's about how just all these people got swindled. Out of what was supposed to be like a private uh, festival, yeah, music festival with like big time names on a private island, kind
1: of like Faster and Horses, was... but a different venue type of thing. Yeah,
3: right? yeah, it's supposed Faster to be like a luxury event type of thing. Right. And it just got me thinking. I was like, Who would fall for like this stupid like trick? And then for some reason, it, I, Matt, I'm sorry that this is what came to my mind. <laughs> so there's there's something you tweeted, and I, it's been in the back of my mind ever since you tweeted it. And I've just been needing to get what happened, like at this. I need, I need to get your side of the story. So, for those who don't know, you went to, uh, you tried to go to a Lakers game outside of Madison Square Garden, and you ended up buying what, two tickets for two hundred fifty dollars a piece, Uh-oh.
2: and they were fake, right? Yeah, that's the gist of it. Uh, did you have anything else to say before I uh, lay it out? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I'm not gonna lie, I laughed out loud. <laughs> no, it's, it, look it back, loud, it's hilarious now, after. but it still pisses me off. Yeah, so I. The, the girl I was dating at the time, her and I, we went to Madison Square Garden. It was around Christmas time. Uh, we went and watched a Broadway play at Madison Square Garden. And I it, it kind of, like, escaped me. I, I didn't realize it. But, obviously, when we got to MSG, um, the Lakers were in town playing the Knicks. And Kobe was still on the team. So, obviously, like, that was – I mean, that, Kobe was my guy. So, not only, like, I'm, I'm telling people, texting people or whatever, I'm like, Hey, I'm at MSG, and they're like, "Oh, you're going to see the Lakers?" I'm like, "No, I'm going to see a Broadway play with my girlfriend." So that that was kind of a shot. But then the play gets out, and it was only like halfway through the first quarter when our play got out, and I was like, "I told her, I was like, you know what? Lakers are here. Kobe's here at Madison Square Garden. I don't care what it is. I'll buy both our tickets. Like, we gotta go. Like, this is almost like a -a once-in-a-lifetime almost, you know, opportunity. Go outside MSG. There's scalpers all over the place. I find some dude. He said he's got two legit tickets." 200 bucks each so i gave him four hundred dollars oh. and they look legit to me uh, they looked real walked in i i, I had a bad feeling i should have trusted my gut because i had a bad feeling giving this guy 400 bucks <laughs> but walked in the ticket person scanned them and nothing happened and then she said um why don't you head over to you know whatever customer service and i was like mother you just $400 out of me, oh. and sure enough, go over there, and the person looked at him, and it took him a second, he said, these are fake tickets, oh. and I was like, oh, are you kidding me, and he was like, yeah, if you look right here, he like showed me a couple things that he knew uh, to, to see that they were fake, and you know, I had no idea. So I, I was steaming. I, like, I don't know what I was going to do, but I, like, stormed out of MSG to find the dude. I, again, no idea what I was going to do, but I was like, i got to find this guy, get my money back. But he was long gone, obviously. So
1: so the customer service guy there didn't even attempt to cut you a break, like, let you stand over in a corner or anything?
2: No, I mean, <laughs> scalping tickets is illegal. So, oh, my. I mean, you know, he, he was like, sorry, but, you know. Sorry, bud. You're, you're not supposed to buy scalp tickets. So.
1: Oh, that one hurts. I, and that's the first I heard that story, Matt. That's uh, yeah. I could relate to something like that. I mean, I can't remember if I ever got swindled on on that kind of uh, scope, but that's uh, that's pretty bad.
2: Sorry, oh, that, that was a long so train ride where? back to Connecticut. Let me tell you. <laughs>
1: yeah.
3: Watching
2: the Fire Festival uh, documentary, just know that that
3: was what I was thinking of, Matt. But, and I'm pretty sure you said you've seen it. Like for some reason, that was okay in my brain. Well, so.
1: I'm gonna have to check that out. Speaking of Netflix, real quick, I want to throw this out there. Did you guys see Bird Box? Have you have you checked it out?
2: I haven't watched it, but I would guess that Jared has. Yeah, I saw that, like, wow,
3: you, did you just get, just now get around to watching it? Yeah, yeah. That was like a culture, that was a Twitter Twitter moment there for about three three weeks there. Yeah, I know. It's about a month old now. Well,
1: it doesn't matter. I don't care, but, you know, I've, I've been laid up, so I watched it. What do you think about it? Do you like it?
3: Yeah, I, I mean, I didn't, it wasn't that good of a movie. I'll say Sandra Bullock's, like, a really good actor. I really like Sandra Bullock, but... I don't
1: know. You don't think it was? You know, that whole, it was, it whole was like tolerable? I thought it was tolerable.
3: Yeah, I mean for Netflix. I mean if, if Netflix is going to put it on there, like I would never go to the theater. I'd be pissed if I paid money to go watch it at a theater. Well, well,
1: well, let me ask you this: Why a Netflix mean, movie is good? Wasn't it? Wasn't it along the lines? Let's just say, Matt, if you do get a chance to see it, now how would you compare it to Get Out? Uh, like a hundred times better. You mean Get Out was a hundred <laughs> times better? Yeah. Okay, all right, fair enough. I thought it was I thought it was pretty close. Wow. I didn't think What'd it was you like that about bad. the movie. I didn't think it was that bad.
3: What'd you like about it?
1: It had it had intrigue, it had uh suspense. I mean, it, it had a few surprises. I think they wrapped it up up at the end uh maybe uh maybe a little too obviously, but I, overall, I'd give it probably a 6 or 7 out Why? of 10. Why
3: um so you just really didn't like Get Out is what you're saying?
1: No, I thought Get Out was was probably seven or eight.
3: They didn't, and here's a lot of spoilers, but they didn't really explain what the monsters were or why some people could, like, have their blindfolds off and they wouldn't have a problem. I didn't really understand that whole part.
1: Yeah, that's true. That You might want to read the book. It'd probably have a little bit more background. There's a book? I'm sure there is. <laughs> All right, we'll leave it there. <laughs> good God. I can't believe you like that. That's hilarious. I'm giving thumbs no up wonder. to Bird Box. Oh, Sandra Bullock looks good, too. Oh, yeah. yeah, Nothing wrong same with guy, little Sandy.
3: This is the same guy whose like, favorite movie of all time is
1: Bohemian Rhapsody. I never said favorite of all time.
3: Do you ever get around to watching Remember the Titans?
1: Uh, I talked to my wife about it. We were going to watch it yesterday, but we haven't gotten around to it yet. Coming <S laughs> soon. I'll give you my review on that <laughs> one. No more spoiler alert. <laughs> i
3: Watch you by next
2: podcast i'm spoiling the whole thing for you
1: you, you, you better that's not that's my promise uh, <laughs> no
2: if you, you got to, you got a week okay speaking been... of uh ted get to remember the titans we haven't got back to this jared have you checked out bob seeger have you listened to a little seeger
3: bob seeger uh yeah uh there was a the one song that i actually didn't know um <laughs> against the wind against the wind that's singer that's singer right yeah yeah. yeah yeah that's a good song i like that
1: one just one song out of his whole library yeah, that was about it. Okay, I, and I'll be the other way. Post Malone, I, I have listened to Post Malone on my Alexa. I like him. I do. I I don't know a lot of his songs, but but they're, re- you know, they're not your in your face hardcore rap. You know, they got melodies to him.
2: He's pretty good. No, he's he's a talented musician. I think we've talked about it, but I think he plays like ten different instruments or something. I'd
1: rather listen to him than look at him. I mean, I I just yeah. can't imagine face tattoos, but that's that's yeah. a whole different thing.
2: I have seen it. I have seen a funny meme. I don't know, Jared, you've probably seen it. Maybe you have too, Ted, but, you know, back when I was in college, like, I don't know if you guys still do it today, uh, Jared, but we used to, like, when guys would pass out at parties, you know, we would, like, draw all over right. their face. <laughs> at the time would be, like, we'd draw big penises and, you know, like other <laughs> stupid stuff all over their face. People said, like, there, there's a meme that's, like, how we used to draw on people, drunk people back in the day versus current rappers. It's, like, the same look. Like, I don't know. Uh, I, I would never get a tattoo on my face, but
1: whatever. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I'd probably, if I was young, I probably would would succumb and probably get a tattoo somewhere, but it certainly wouldn't be on my face. That's so,
3: just... you guys know how um, rappers, they get, like, tattoo tears, or, yeah. or, or I guess just gang members in general.
1: Or, yeah.
3: Um, and it's like one side is for, like, people that get killed, and the other side is for, like, people they've lost or whatever. Did you know that? No. Yeah. Um. So, like, when I was growing up, I used to, it, like, perplexed me. Like, why don't they just go and arrest these guys that have the teardrop <laughs> tattoos? Like, they clearly killed some guys. Like, they should just go and arrest them. <laughs> uh,
1: There's so the evidence.
3: That that was the biggest question on my mind back as a 10-year-old. Fair. It's, it's, not, it's not the dumbest thing I've ever thought.
1: No, it's a fair question.
3: Are you serious? You think that, that it's honestly a fair question? No. No. Okay. I'm just,
1: <laughs> okay. I just want to get out We're of here. On the same page. I just want yeah. to get out of here.
2: <laughs> yeah, I've, I've actually never thought of that. I knew what they represented—the teardrops—but I never thought about it being like police evidence. <laughs> it blew my mind as a ten-year-old. Let's just leave it. At yeah, that. it could
1: be. All right, guys, let's leave it there. Okay. <laughs> All right. Be in agreement. Yeah, well, yeah, listen to some more Seeger, Jared. Yeah, please. You need to turn the page, baby. Remember, everybody, share this three-point podcast with all your friends and family. Subscribe on Apple, iTunes, SoundCloud, or TuneIn. Be a part of a future pod. Why not record a short commentary or question? Send it to us at our podcast page, Twitter, or Instagram sites. That's at 3 point Pod. You can also email us at 3 at gmail.com. And again, thanks to our podcasting partners, Rivals Taphouse and Grill, the Corona Connection, Corona Public Schools, and our recording home, Z92.5, the castle. This has been a Sportsnet Michigan production. Thanks again for listening and supporting 3Point Podcast.
0: Out in the back seat of my 60 Chevy Working on mysteries without any clues Working on our night moves Trying to make some front page driving news Working on our night moves In the summertime